When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. The HIV epidemic is not over. HIV is still here. The face of HIV is so diverse. The biggest thing to reduce HIV stigma is just to talk about it. Testing and PrEP and HIV treatment and how effective it is today. Undetectable equals untransmittable. Whether you're positive or negative, there's not a wrong door. Whether it's testing or whether it's treatment, do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about HIV testing, treatment, and prevention at doitforyoumc.org. Hey everyone, Scott Hansen here from NFL Red Zone. I hope you're checking out one hour of Five Yard Rush, one of the best podcasts on NFL football in the UK. Rush Nation, welcome back. It is that familiar voice, your favourite son of Wigan. Nick, I have returned unscathed from my adventures in Edinburgh. I am joined this evening on the Five Yard Rush Daily Fantasy Sports Strategy Series part two well done for holding the fort the other week mark my trusty colleague mark how are we doing i'm very good very excited about this um had a really good response to the first one which you know not surprising as it you know it was saramek um my i it all my twitter records which admittedly aren't very high were all broken and smashed by the tweet i sent out about that (laughs) like about six times the impression um no about 12 times the interactions i'd normally get and stuff so yeah really pleased and really pleased we're gonna have uh, we've got somebody else on as well who's um who i know i know from my discussions with him knows a lot about this this industry so yeah really looking forward to this one if you've not listened back to the first one i would definitely urge you to do so but really, really exciting one, this. I was really looking forward to it, Mark. I know you were. But we have Sean on, who is an avid daily fantasy sport player like the rest of us that listen to this podcast. Sean, welcome on. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank, thanks for having me. Yeah, so, um, yeah, my name's Sean. I play daily fantasy sports. been playing for about um, five years now. And to start with, most, mostly DraftKings. So, and then now... Occasionally, fan duel and um, um, fan team. So, 
all, all good stuff. So thanks I, for having me. I only found this out the other day, but obviously fan um, isn't something that can be used in, in the UK as its own site, but it's part of Paddy Power. I didn't know that. Yeah, you, you, you log on to um, FanDuel um, if you use a VPN or whatever, and you, you can't actually deposit, so mm. you can't play. Um, so, yeah, if you want to play FanDuel, you have to log on to the Paddy Power website and just click at the top where it says Fantasy, and then it, it's, it's the same sort of um, site. All the contests aren't the same. There's a lot of smaller stake ones if you go onto the actual main FanDuel, which you can't play. But I don't know if you knew, FanDuel did have a UK site. But only yes. only had football on, they only had or soccer as they call it. They only had soccer on it, so you could only play soccer games. But then they stopped it. So yeah, no, it was news to me the other day, and I have played Paddy Power, but I've just never associated it with FanDuel. But hey, oh, there you go. If there's anyone out there who's wondering why you can't get on FanDuel in the UK, that is why. Um, so yeah, you avid player of. DraftKings and I know you, you you love your fan team I love fan team and we I feel like we talk about DraftKings every week on this pod so I've, I've no doubt we'll spend a bit of time chatting about fan team as well Sean yeah. um, but just around daily fantasy sports how did you originally get into that and how did you start playing? Um, no, it's many years ago maybe 10-15 years ago I used to play season games on um, um, websites like CDM Sports there in America Um they did season long in um, NHL, which I started, and then NFL and like that. And also played um, some NFL season on the um, uh, First Down magazine, the, N- the old NFL oh, First Down magazine, yeah. where you'd have to send in a postal order or something for your, for your team. What was it, six quid or whatever it was? I can't remember. Or was it three quid? I can't remember the exact cost, but used to play that. And the magazine used to come out, didn't it, every Thursday? Was it Thursday or Wednesday it come out? So, yeah. so I started playing and then, and then a, a lot of them you couldn't play no more the cdm sports ones wouldn't take uk players and um so i just started playing on DraftKings when it came over available in the uk so i've been playing on DraftKings since i think 2017 i once had a letter published in first down when i was <laughs> when i was a young man yeah it's it wasn't a very good letter Showing your age a bit there, man. I know, I you know. actually wrote into first down. I know I used to read it, but I never wrote in. I never got to that stage. Hey, when when we talk about if we did this on ourselves, Nick, I did fantasy football when it was first in the tele. I think it was the Telegraph. I can't Telegraph, remember. yeah, yeah. And um, and you used to transcend post in your transfers. <laughs> <laughs> That's how old I am. You used to post in your transfers, and. Alan Shearer was 3.6 million and you had 20 million to spend. I always remember that. There you go. You posted in your transfers. Wasted money. Yeah. yeah. 3.6 million. Hey, hey, all, all, all FPL is is just an extension of that. And as we've discussed before, millions play it for literally no reward. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, don't get me started on that. Yeah. <laughs> me neither. It's just a. Uh, why would you spend hours of your time researching, sweating, doing all that for nothing? <laughs> and Nick's a convert to this, I think, now, since he yeah, discovered Fantine. Definitely. Do you know what? I've I've always been a massive FPL player, and I still am to, to a point because I'm in a couple of leagues, and I think it's good if you've got your little private leagues with, with your, like, either an annual entry or a monthly entry, which is what I entered and came third in one last year. So I do put a bit of research into it, but that is the beauty of having sites like Fan Team Now where you can enter the season long ones. And I remember a few seasons back, there was one called Fantasy Bet, 
which I don't know if they have either folded or they just don't don't operate anymore or whether they're just a sport book. Um, but you used to be able to essentially play FPL as a weekly contest. I don't think there was a season long, but there was a weekly one. Um, but yeah, that that was good. But yeah, having fan team now, it's um, season long contests are brilliant. I'm really enjoying the Euros one so far. I'm not. Mm, <laughs> me neither. <laughs> I got 40 teams in it. I think I'm only cashing three. Oh, wow. Well, cashing more than me. But I think there's going to be big swings. There's going to be big swings over the next uh, couple of rounds because the old transfers will. There's only going to be three transfers from the quarterfinals and semi-finals stage, so you're only going to get three transfers. And if also the teams that don't, if the favourites don't win in the last sixteen, that's going to make a big difference to this because somebody yeah. will have them. Yeah, and I think if you follow your routine of game theory, I think you should play England because England are super expensive. They're going to be super low owned. That's Germany. A good that's a good Germany are cheap. Italy are cheap. People are just going to stack them. But if England somehow qualify, I mean, it's, it's a it's a flip court game, isn't it? Mm. England Germany, but England are super expensive, aren't they? That you know. Mm. Yeah, and that's and the it, side. Of, that's the side of the draw I haven't been able to work out yet. You know, I've been picking Sweden, but um, I haven't really worked out yet. Are you staying with Sweden against Ukraine? Are you? Yeah, I think so. At the, yeah. the you said about the England thing now, and I'm thinking, yeah, that's it's very expensive. England, I think most yeah. people. I think Italy are about nine million average. England are twelve. I mean, Kane. I mean, he's looked awful, hasn't he, for his price? I mean, <laughs> God, he's yeah, good for Man City. His price is going down ten million pounds every time he plays at the moment. So, I don't think he'll go anywhere now. Wow, that's a bold call. No, I don't think he'll go anywhere. <laughs> Would you want to pay 150 million for a car horse? I wouldn't. <laughs> Tell us how you feel about Kane, Sean. Sure. <laughs> I mean, if you compare, I mean, he's great for Tottenham, right? He takes lots of penalties and he has Sun assisting him all the time. But if you look at the Euros and you look at all the other strikers around the world, Mbappe, Immobile, they're so quick and stuff. And you compare it to Harry Kane and he's just. He gets the ball and after about three strides, he's got a defender on him and he, he can't outrun anyone. I know that's not his game speed and all that. His, his his game is putting the chances away, but he's not even getting any chances, is he? Well, no. That's um. This is the we've gone very off topic here, Nick. I hope you don't mind, but like this is a this is the best attacking talent we've had in an England team for a long, long time, and they're playing as if they're being held back to me, but. Why is Sancho not even getting a minute? I mean, look how many goals and assists he got for Dortmund. I mean, he can't even get on the pitch. It's bonkers that you've got you've you've and I know Ben White. The transfer with Ben White has been rumored to be around forty, fifty million. Sancho, you know, somewhere around ninety million. Grealish today to City, somewhere around hundred million potentially. So you've you've got I know Grealish started the last game and looked really good, but you've you've potentially got over two hundred million of players there who've played 90 minutes between the three of them crazy mm. yeah yes um yeah anyway but more about you sean <laughs> less about in carry yeah, less more about, about you yeah less of, okay <laughs> we don't want people turning off do we nick <laughs> interestingly that you you mentioned about nhl and the season long that you used to play there um when i say interestingly because me and mark were discussing this the other day sean that 
if there was a sport that we wish we could crack a little bit more, obviously we're, we're massively on the NFL when, when the season starts, but if there was a sport that we wish we could crack a little bit more, it probably is the, I say ice hockey, it's just hockey, isn't it, to them. But the NHL, um, that would definitely be the sport that I wish I probably played a bit more of, and I know you do as well, Mark. Definitely. And you you, you, you play quite a lot, don't you, Sean? Yeah, I play NHL every night and stuff. I haven't played so much in the playoffs because it's, it's, it's hard to get different and it's quite, because they do lots of showdowns, so it's quite you know, hard to get different. But during the season when there's eight, nine, 10, 11 game slates, then it's easy to the way you play. It's the same as any any um, DFS sport. Stacking's prevalent, isn't it? You have to stack, apart from, obviously, apart from, from golf, but that's a single man's game. But every other sport is like a team. You have to stack. You, you're, you're, you're miles behind if you don't stack because of because it's correlation, isn't it, between all the different positions and what have you. It's just getting to know which lines or which quarterback to wide receivers and, you know, so, yeah, stacking, you have to stack. But, yeah, NHL, I mean, I, I enjoy NHL. It's fast-paced and stuff. And once you get the lines down pat, they don't change too often. And there are plenty of good websites out there, like Daily Faceoff and stuff, that'll, that give you the lines and they do a really good job in updating you with late news. But, of course, for UK people, it's, it's late, it's midnight. The West Coast games are three o'clock in the morning, you know, we're not up at that stage. So, you you know, we lose out a little bit, but the information is pretty good. So um, yesterday we had NHL in the World Cup event and um, our, our good friend, Sean, our good friend Keely Keels from the England team, she said in NHL double ups, play the two goalkeepers, one in the captain's spot and you'll double up more than you don't. And so I tried it last night and it worked. <laughs> now that might just be a quiz. This is on show. Thanks showdowns. for sharing, Mark. Yeah, I was, like, oh, I was only good. I was waiting until I saw if it worked, and it only worked once. You know, let's. This is DFS. Once, you know, one swallow doesn't make a it summer. Worked well in, it works well in low-scoring games, but if the game's five-four, it won't. Oh. Wait, she's very saves, You know, yeah. you want saves. You know. Yeah, she's um, she's well, she's doing pretty well out of it just by doing basically that. And um, she doesn't understand NHL. But yeah, I, what attracts me to it is, um, is like you said, the correlation side of it. Because um, I'm always into my correlation. You know, me, correlation and leverage, which is, you know, the way I try and play NFL. Uh, I, um, I think it's probably even more important in NHL, I suspect. And yeah, because the lines, they play in lines of three with the two defensemen. So the th- there's there's like four lines and generally the fourth line is the check-in line so it's not like a high scoring line but and the top three lines are your your high scoring lines and when there's a goal there's always generally two assists with that goal so if you get the right a full a full stack as they call it you get the goal scorer and the two assists on the same line so that's how you do it but you, you just have to work out where the goals are going to come from or you think you know where the goals are going to come from you know. next season nick next season nick we'll start on this yeah, I've I've had a, a bash in the playoffs myself a few times, um, and I'm doing the same with the NBA as well. But I'm finding exactly like you've just mentioned, Sean, that it's it's hard to get a step up in the playoffs. Like I played one of the well, the NBA slate last night was the Suns and the Clippers, and I looked at my lineup on paper and I thought that's a that's a good lineup that you know should score points, but then 
if one of those role players doesn't score as you expect, or one of your big hitters for that matter doesn't score as you expect, versus one of the other big hitters, because you can't you can't own them all. Um, and the big hitters are always going to be priced extortionately compared to the role players. So it literally just takes one miss hit throughout your lineup, and that's knocked you well out of the cash then. Yeah, NBA is a sport that I wish I could get better at. I've played it for a couple of years and I'm hopeless at it. I just play it just for the fun. I don't play it to, to win money or big stakes because I'm hopeless at it. But and, and I think I've got all the right projections and all that. And I've got the same projections that the top guys have got, but I'm miles behind all the time. <laughs> but I just enjoy playing it, you know, because that's, that's why we play Daily Fantasy, in it? Because it's always a, a new day, a new slate. And you're hopeful, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, we always say that every time we have a bad we have a bad day yeah. and stuff, don't we? Just like carry on to the next one. As long yeah. as you're good with your bankroll management, but we'll come on to that talking about that short at some point, I'm sure. Um so on a on a regular day, so I'm guessing you're playing multiple sports every day, are you? Yeah. Okay. Now how how long do you reckon you spend sort of researching, working on a sport or a slate every day? Um, maybe three hours for the lot for all of them combined oh. because I use all the optimizers, isn't it? And I think projections are everything. If you if if you've got the right projections and stuff, then I think you're on the right path. So you you don't need to do much too much research. I mean, really deep digging it. You have to double check the lines are right and the, the players are playing where they should be and all that sort of stuff. But on the whole, you, it doesn't take you too long. I think. The building the lines is the hardest. You don't just click build me 150 and press enter and then CSV them. I do it in a certain way where I'll narrow the pool down, then I'll build groups and things like that. So each lineup will have certain group settings that I want. So it'll just change one player from each group every time a new line is built. And I think that's that's the difference between everyone who's playing is because all the, the projections are out there for everybody. You just, you either have to pay them. You can make your own. I mean, there's no hardship in making your own if you wanted to do it that way, but that'd be really time consuming. So, yeah, it's interesting you talk about projections because um, I spoke to Will Saramek about this as well. And I was slightly surprised by his answer in some respects. But are you more of a projections or a game theory sort of player? Projections. Mm. I know you're a game theory man. It's um, your you and Will are way more successful than me, so I'm definitely gonna. Um, the um, it's interesting to hear to hear that. The reason I say that is when we posted when I posted about the Will one, and he obviously said something like his game is based on 97% of his projections and 3% on game theory or something. I think he said somebody said somebody responded on Twitter saying, "Oh, it's like being back in 2015, just saying it's all based on projections," and. Um, but now, but then you know, I'm not going to argue with Will. I mean, none of us are, are we? It's like you know. Oh no, I can't <laughs> argue. Like, yeah, exactly. With, with Will, I mean, he's the goat, isn't he? I mean, yeah, exactly. If you're ten percent of what Will does, then I think you're on the right path, aren't you? Yeah, exactly. And now you've said it as well. Another very successful player who's been in this industry a long time and knows a lot about it and stuff. And you said that as well. Um, but why, like, what? So the, one of the reasons I'm a game theory man is because I haven't got a the time to do projections myself, or b I don't feel particularly like paying for projections. 
because I'm tight. And so game theory gives me a fun way to approach a slate. That's how I see it. But if your game theory is out, then you're going to not cash that night. Yeah. Oh. Uh, and on the flip side, if your game theory is good, you still might not even cash. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Everyone else might have the same game theory. Yeah. And... Well, yeah. projections are just a, an average of, or a projection of how someone sees a, a, a player performing. They're not robots, of course. They're not going to score exactly what your projections say. That's why sometimes you can you can favour your projections. You can build them up a little bit or knock some down if you don't think that a certain player is going to score that many points and stuff. So, yeah, and that's how you can get different than because everyone's got the same projections and more or less, haven't they? Yeah, and I think. Um... And if everybody used the same projections and the same optimizer, we'd all end up with the same lines. Exactly. The, the other thing about the game theory side of it is the idea that obviously if you're not doing this professionally and stuff, you're going you're gonna to lose. Well, even professionals do. They lose more than they win, more, more times than they win, sorry. But what you want to do is when you do win, you want to maximize your winnings. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, and that's, that's why they chase the top the, on DraftKings. They 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 chase the the fifty k, the hundred k first prize. Coming twentieth to them is no good. Where to me or you, coming twentieth would be like great. <laughs> yeah. <It's> like, <laughs> that that would be my game theory working <laughs> if I came twentieth. But then to them it isn't. Mm. Um, and I, I think that's why I think game theory is a nice way for the more casual player to approach a game to approach a slate. Sorry. But um, but Nick dis- Nick doesn't really play with game theory, so a no, style at all. I'm I'm more of I'm I'd say I'm probably more bordering on the projections, but I'm I'm quite a stat man when it comes to picking. I I'll quite happily just look at stats all day and averages and base my lineups off stuff like that because I think regardless of whether you are projections or game theory, what happens in a game or a slate of games is completely out of your control anyway and often is down to in well i say often there can be certainly a large element of luck in what happens as well so there's times where i've not expected to cash and and i have and there's times where i've thought that's a really good lineup and been absolutely nowhere near in the bottom five percent of of uh you know the entries and it, it's i think you know neither way is necessarily the wrong way to approach it um, I, I, there might be stats that back that up, though, that say that projections is more than game theory or the other way. But I think it, it's it's just whatever you you like playing and however you like building your line lineups. They're not mutually exclusive either. We're talking here as if they are mutually exclusive. They're really <laughs> not. You do need you know you need something to base your game theory on. For example, you know you can easily choose a line in NFL. You could choose an under ten percent total line. You know, ownership line, but you know the the projections will be zero because they're not going to get on the field and stuff because it's like the fifth wide receiver or whatever or the third tight end on the team. So they do have to they do go together in some respects. Yeah, and I think also with projections, you could. I think a lot of people also look at ownerships, don't they? Mm. And they'll 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 go a different route. You can still use the same projections, but on the ownerships, if if, if a guy's projected to maybe be the top scoring person of the night, but he's going to be 50% owned, you just fade him. Yeah, as, yeah, which is um, quite a good way to play sports such as MLB and stuff, because it's such a high variance sport. 
yeah, exactly. I mean, if, if, if you fade a 50% guy, um, what's the worst that can happen? If he gets his projection, you, you're only going to be level with the 50% of the field, aren't you? So, in the, and that's why some of you, you hear all the, the pros play it and they say, I want to be 10 times over the field on him and 10 times over the field on him. Because they say, if a guy is 50% owned, don't have your lineups as 50%. You either go 100% or nothing. Yeah. Um, so I think all these things kind of, I mean, I think game theory actually involves a lot of other things. If you if you do it properly, you know, projections, leverage, etc. And all those says that I don't create projections. Funnily enough, for fan team, I do create projections. Do you? Um, yeah, I do. Yeah, I have projections for fan team. Um, that was quiet. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, you know, they're not very good projections. That's why. <laughs> actually, they're better than, I did a load of back testing on them after the season and are actually a lot better than I performed. Um, that's just due to me and how I made the lineups out of them. But these projections are not complicated. Let's put it that way. And anybody could do it with an Excel spreadsheet. But um, I'm not very good with I'm not very technical. I've tried to build my own optimizer using a spreadsheet, but I'm not very technical. That's why I pay for them because it's much easier. But that's why, in a way, I, I have to hand build on Fanteam because there isn't an optimizer out there. And the, the pros on Fanteam have a big advantage because they use a lot of um, code and yeah. um, Python and all that stuff. I, I haven't got a clue how to do any of that. So I have to hand build. So for the new season, I've got a, a stacks optimizer on Excel. So if I want to build, say, 20 stack, you know, 20 lineups and I can put the stacks I want for each lineup and the formation, and then based on my projections, it will just build me those lines. It's... Um, well, on fan team. You have a fan team, yeah. It's a pretty That's, nice piece. Of, it's a pretty nice spreadsheet. <laughs> and does that also include the captain and the vice captain spot? Um, that bit it doesn't include. What I did for that on the initial runs is I've randomised them. Because, okay. because I'm not very good at picking them. I really did. I really think I'll get as much value from randomizing the captain than the vice captain. As it, and you know, we've both seen this. How many times a top lineups have a random defender as the captain? Yeah, I mean, I've seen winning lineups with um, John Stones as captain. I've seen oh. when City. I've also seen, and actually, I won my big ticket that way. I captained McTominay in, in for United and he scored twice, didn't he, in the first five minutes or whatever it was, yeah. So. Yeah, so I'm, so I'm just randomising the captains and stuff on it uh, at the moment because I just think, I think he'll do it as well as I will. So just yeah, I think you time. have to try and be different with your captain, you, you know, especially if you're running quite a few different lines. Mix up your captains, don't just completely yeah. gamble on one, one captain because... If it don't go right, you're going to be miles behind the field. But, you know, you, you, you want to try and be different and, you know, you don't all want to hold hands at the top. Do you? you want to be on your own. <laughs> indeed, indeed. Um, talking about the projections, so where do you see your edge? Because you're a successful player. Where do you see your edge, uh, you know, in the field? I think it's the way I build the lines. Because I don't just have and just say run. I, I change some of the projections. I, I X out some of them and then I'll, I'll stack, like on MLB, I'll only stack a certain number of teams. I won't just, because, you know, the way to play MLB is five-man stacks, isn't it? Everyone does five-man stacks. So um, there's like settings on there where 
you can you can x out some teams and also with the lineups from the players one to nine don't just have a five man stack going one to five in the order have it missing out one or two players so you, there's a setting to say miss one or miss two and um i've seen many winning lineups will have numbers one two three four and then the nine batter will be in the winning stack everyone will just stack oh one to five that's the top five players you know because it does correlate well you know first man gets on base and then the second man hits and the third man hits but sometimes the next two guys might not hit and then the sixth barrel hit the home run and clean up so that's how you try and get different and the optimizers give you those settings that you can put in yourself so you can do it that way and that's how you get different i literally was listening to a podcast on the way home today talking about precisely that and although there is apparently statistically speaking, even though there is a correlation between like one, two, three, four, five across or on an innings itself, because you need these things all to happen on the same innings. Yes, of course. The, cor- yeah. the correlation is so small in comparison with just having five players from the winning team. So in actual fact, you're almost working against yourself with the one, two, three, four, five. Yeah, and and uh, and the ownership of that one, two, three, four, five will be quite high anyway. Yeah. Yeah. You know, even if it's a, a low-owned team, the, the chances yeah. are everyone who's owning this team will have one, two, three, four, five anyway. So you want to try and be different. Indeed. I think one thing I really like about baseball is how in-depth you can actually get with the stats behind baseball because uh, you're looking at someone's batting average, for example, doesn't always tell the whole story of how they might be performing within a certain period of time. It might just be that they've uh, they've been unlucky with the connection off the bat, for example. Um, I, I, I love baseball for stuff like that. And I think baseball is the one sport out there where if, if you really want to get deep dive into your analytical stuff and say, right, well, he's underperforming now, but really his underlying stats and his on-base percentages suggest that he's just getting a bit unlucky. I think that is a sport where you can capitalise. Yeah, and some of those those stats in baseball are crazy, aren't they? You got what you got Wober and X Fit. Oh, and they're crazy. Yeah. yeah, exactly. They they're measuring like angles of the bat, the spins on the ball, all this yeah, crazy they, stuff. They do ex, exit velocity and all this <laughs> sort of stuff, guys. You wouldn't want to be a GM, would you? No. <laughs> but that's where they all. I mean, I think NFL have now gone into the analytics business, haven't they? They're, they're mm. analyzing people, and even. Um, Football, I, um, I was reading the Brentford chairman, he's doing a lot of analytical stuff when he buys players for Brentford. And that's how well, he, he, he came He came up f- f- through, I think he, he, he made his fortune through, it's either betting or like fancy sport. It may have been betting, but he was yeah, like I think a professional was betting, gambler, yeah. wasn't he? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. 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 Again, sports one of them where in recent years, and I know this from playing FPL, but things like expected goals, expected assists, and think you know, like penalty box touches and key passes and stuff like that, final third passes, that those are all stats that are really feeding into it now. And it's it's you can't obviously predict, but when you said at the start, Mark, when you know when people putting Mikel Antonio into the lineup and, and thinking, well, how did they know he was going to score? Uh, there'll be a lot of underlying stats that will support it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That was my point about how how people are so consistent, wasn't it, on fantasy football? Uh, XG, XG and XA and all this stuff. Yeah. Is okay, you know? Yeah, and in the long term, the thing about these stats is that in theory, in the long over the long term, you'll be profitable if you 
have the correct stats. But I'm not sure statistically speaking, God, that's not, that's not easy to say, is it? Statistically speaking, I'm not sure there's been enough games yet for us to prove whether that works or not. What, in football? Yep. With people keeping track of the expected goals and all this sort of stuff. No, I don't use it. I don't personally. I don't. I don't understand mm. it. And stuff. I just see it, and you, you know, it looks good on a graphic and all that mm. sort of stuff. But I don't really take much notice of it, you know, because, mm. like I say, there's not so many games. There's only what 38 games in the Premier League season or whatever it is. Mm. And you look in baseball. What's the season? 160 something. 162 so. is it? Yeah. Mm. Um, but um, so in something like NFL, for example, when you're when you're playing NFL, Sean, um, obviously, if you're using projections, most of this stuff is already tailored into the projections for you isn't it all yeah. this stuff is, is already in there by wherever you're getting your projections from if you're getting them from a site somewhere especially if you're paying for it it's already in there isn't it so yeah yeah people don't really need to worry about that sort of stuff particularly now obviously like you said you do you can dis- you can agree or disagree with it you can have a feeling about a player like you can just think oh this week maybe cam newton's going to run a couple in or something Assuming he's starting. <laughs> I don't think he's going to start actually this year. <laughs> it was just the first example that came off the top of my head. Um, fine. Um, just, but the, actually linked to that, I just, because you played multiple sports, do you actually, and the reason I ask this is because almost all the top DFS players play lots of sports and are very good at lots of sports in DFS. Do you think you actually need to know the sport to be good at DFS? Yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> but to what level? Yeah, I think you do when you play um, multiplayer sports, you know, like stacking and stuff. I think you have to understand how one player relates to the other player, and you'd only know that by watching the sport. But I think, in, like Will said, in golf, you don't because they're single, single players. So they don't really relate to anyone. So I don't think you need to actually know the rules of golf or even watch golf to understand. But I think in NFL, if you're stacking, I, th- I think you really need to know where the player is likely to throw the ball to, isn't it? You're not just going to, oh, I'm going to stack Brady with, I don't know, who can we say, Gronk or whoever, you know. You have to know the matchup of the game he's, he's, he's going to have, isn't it? If Gronk's not in a good matchup, he's, chances are Brady's not going to go there. So, But you can get that information from statistics, I think, and from box scores and to some degree. Yeah, and all, all the website now, all, all the top projections give you like targets, don't they? Or projected targets and how many targets he's got. And I think Pro Football Focus do the who's going to be covering a certain wide receiver, which corners on what wide receiver and whether they play man or zone or whatever so you know yeah yeah that's a, again another sport with lots of statistics you two talk about the golf there's lots of stats in golf as well it's like that's um that's the successful players know all that stuff about whether a course requires you to be good between i don't know 250 200 yards and stuff and these sorts of things but again i think that stuff i think personally i think you can get that you can learn that stuff just by the stats so say something like golf yeah, which means, going back to the question, I, I don't think you actually need to know golf to play it, do you? Just, you know? No, probably not golf, no. Stats, yeah. Yeah, golf, I think, is one of the only sports where I don't think you need to play it, but you need to know the, the game to play it. Mm. I think the rest you do. I, I don't mean you have to sit there for hours and hours and learn the game. I think you just need to have a, a little bit of knowledge of the game would would help you. But I think the most more important question would be, 
would knowing the sport give you an advantage? I'd say no. <laughs> having having had the week week I've had in the World Cup, I'd say no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't think. Yeah, I mean, I think as long as you know a little bit, then it then, then it's fine. I don't. I don't think you need to be an expert on it. I think. I do think there's. I don't think you need to be an expert, but I do think you've to be successful long term. I think you you do have to have an interest in it and i i've always been a big believer that if some like you've got to pass the eye test as well i think if you if you sit and watch a sport like golf you can see you know even if you don't necessarily play it or have a massive understanding of the game itself you might see specific traits in a certain player you might pick up something that the commentary team might say and i do think it it certainly can't harm you by taking an interest into a sport to be or to, to get better at it when it comes to DFS. I think eye test plays a, a big part of that. I think sometimes stats don't always tell the full story. No, that's right. I mean, you could be watch um, an NFL game or you might not even watch an NFL game and you might check the box score the next day. And um, a quarterback might have um, three interceptions, but... That, or 400 passing yards, but that might be because he's they're down 21 points at half time and he's just throwing it all the time. You you wouldn't know that, would you? If yeah, you didn't watch it. the game, you think, oh look, he he slings it all over the all over the park all game, and he was a bit unlucky with three interceptions, but really they weren't the team were miles behind. So, you know, I think I think though, following on from that point, so using an NFL NFL as an example. Um, you can sometimes let your knowledge, the fact you know about NFL as a sport, sometimes I think that gets in the way of playing DFS for NFL because they're slightly different things. Yeah, of course. I mean, I'm very biased with the 49ers, so obviously I always <laughs> I always play them. And I think the one time I didn't play them was, was in the shootout against against the Saints, weren't it? So. <laughs> uh, um, um, Raheem Mostert and his... Um, his 70-yard touchdowns last year and an injury in the second quarter and stuff. That's... Oh, hopes up every week. <laughs> yeah, Emmanuel Sanders had about 200 yards receiving whatever he had. He had that game, you know, didn't play in because you thought, ah, oh, Saints defence, it'll be a tight game and whatever. It wasn't. It, yeah. it, the scoreboard was just lighting up. Yeah, but that's 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 the thing. That's... your All your knowledge of NFL... As a sport, not not as a fantasy sport, but as a sport tells you there in that case that Emmanuel Sanders cannot get two hundred yards. No. Then, because it's a sport, literally, you know, a cornerback can slip, and that's a seventy-five yard touchdown and stuff, and that's four and a half points or whatever. And um, and I think sometimes if you know the sport and you're passionate about it, like we like we are about NFL and stuff, it can sometimes get in the way of your DFS. Yeah, because you just you think, well, that team can't win, so I'll scrub them out and stuff yeah. and. But, but, but that's the wrong way to think, isn't it? Yeah, it's quite hard to lose those biases, I think. Yeah, you know, it is. It is. And, you know, you have, and, and on the flip side, you have the other biases, isn't it? You think, oh, well, I don't know, um, Tampa's going to win this week or the Packers are going to win this week. So you think, oh, they're bound to score 30, so I need to have their players in my lineups when really you don't really need to have them because it's already hurting your thinking, isn't it? You've already prejudging before you've even looked at projections and the actual slate you're just looking at the teams oh they should win they should win and that's not the right way to go I think that's one of the things I definitely 
personally have to work on is the fact that I, my preconceptions about how games are going to go creates a bias for me in my DFS play. And even a team, lo- and you can still get a receiver who scores fantastically on a team that loses very badly. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. You just have to take the emotion out of your, your thinking and your lineups, don't you? You just have to think it as a level playing field for everyone. And... That's funny you say those words because Will said on the, the other week, he said, you know, he's trying to make, he has trying to make a system where he doesn't make the decision or he doesn't let his opinion make any decisions on lineups. The data does it for him. Yeah. And um, yeah. yeah. And I think for a casual player, which, you know, I think a lot of our, our listeners will be casual players, I suspect. Um, that's, that's quite a hard thing to do. Oh, yeah. It's very hard. It's very hard. Mm. Interesting that you've thrown this one in, Mark. And I don't know if you've done it off the back of the conversation <laughs> that we had recently, um, because I have quite strong opinions on this. But what do you think on multiple entries versus single entries, Sean? What do you tend to find that you, you play more of? Oh, I'm a multiplayer person. Some nights I'll run 500 lineups, no problem, and enter them everywhere. <laughs> The reason the reason I say it is I was having this discussion with Mark recently and I love single entry and I find myself recently looking specifically for either single or max three, max five entry contests and I, I do it because I feel like if my issue with multi-entries is it doesn't cater to someone that doesn't necessarily want to spend a lot of money and I think with single entry, it it means that you, you potentially have to research more into your lineup because you can't just like you you can't tip the odds in your favor, if you will, by entering more lineups and thinking, well, I'll I'll differentiate between this lineup and that lineup because I've got more in the contest. I can afford to do that. You can't with a single entry. You've pretty much got to nail that entry to cash. But I do think it levels the playing field, and that's that's my issue with it. And the reason that me and Mark were discussing it was because of the Euro contest. There's uh, there's a lot of people that have entered, and I know you said that you've got about twenty different lineups in the fan team. One, I have one, and I was borderline not actually entering the one up until sort of like the the few days before. And I thought, do you know what? Yeah, it's fine. We'll go with that. Um, but I do think that when you see the multiple entries, and I can't blame people, don't don't make don't don't seem like this is coming across as something where it's like, you know, people shouldn't be putting multiple entries in because I, if I had the money to do so, I'd do exactly the same because I think it improves your chances of cashing, and it allows you to differentiate a lot more between your lineups. But I find myself now moving a lot more towards the single entries because I'm just not willing to spend a massive amount of money trying to keep up with others that are willing to spend that. Yeah, I think there's like three main points with single entry and multi-entry. If you do single entry and if you can't cash with your single entry, then you're not going to do no good of multi-entry. Because if you can't cash with one line, you're not going to cash with 150 because you're going to have the same thinking, aren't you? Your your main your main core or your will form your single entry line, won't they? You're not going to go completely different. And then with this with the multi entry stuff, 
you can't spread yourself so thin that you, you think, well, if I do 150 lineups and I'll just spread everything over, you're spreading yourself so thinly, you might only end up cashing one or two lines because your your thing is so, your pool is so wide. And that's why all the pros have a very tight pool and they just mix and match the odd one player. So, But, you know, you see all the screenshots on Twitter and all their lines are all cashing. Nearly all of them are cashing, even though they're running 150, you know, and, 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 on fan team that the sharks play, I think the sharks treat it as a bankroll game, like poker. So they don't mind putting in a lot of money, and they're happy to maybe win ten percent of it, like a profit. Of course, if they win the top prize, great or well and good. But I think that's how they treat it. They treat it as like a, a money making scheme, and it your your ROI. So, so, um, funnily enough, Nick. I didn't put it in because of that. It's actually something I talked to Will, Will about the other pod as well. But it was funny that you brought it up. My view is that if if you're in a contest and you're and you're putting one entry and these other people are putting 150 entries, if you're a good player putting in one entry, over the long term it will be more profitable than a bad player putting in 150, despite them covering various angles. I think. Um, but I know. But to be honest with you, other people were, um, you weren't the only person who said this, Nick, other people on the fan team discord were, because were, I usually think it's a limit of like 100 entries on fan team for these things. Yeah, and yeah I, it's come up into 100. So yeah, and I think people, other so. people were, were, um, were miffed like you, but I still see it as a, as a, as it's just a risk and reward thing. I'm not willing to put in that much money. So I'm happy to have like I've got two entries. I've got two entries, um, and um, because because I don't think like like Sean says, I don't think I'm good enough as a single entry player and yet that I could put 150 entries to cover up for that. So I mean, I think when like to, 20 quid doesn't sound like a huge amount of money, but I don't drive to the office anymore. 20 quid's two weeks of petrol for me as it stands at the moment. <laughs> and I'm not that hard up for 20 pounds, but it's an interesting thing to bring up on the pod because I think casual listeners, if you are entering contests, you need to understand what you're entering. If you're entering a contest that's maximum entries, 50 entries, 100, you know, 150 a summer, summer unlimited, if you if you're entering these contests and putting one or two lineups in, you might as well go and find your 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 entries that are like maybe one or three entries max, um, or your much smaller fields play smaller stakes. But like you said, Sean, take your take your smaller profit. You've still cashed, and that's the way I think you need to approach it if you're a smaller stakes player. I think the season long stuff a little bit different because. A Premier League season, for example, you've potentially got 38 game weeks to influence your standings and positions, and there's only so many players you can pick from. The chances are you're you're going to at least have some players that the top players also have. Um, but yeah, I mean, the, the thing with the Euros, I was looking at some who I know play on fan team, and like I said, I can't blame them because I'd do exactly the same. If I had £200 to throw at it, I'd quite happily put 10 lineups in, but I don't. But that that means that my chances of winning, uh, for me, my my percentage of winning is a lot smaller because I simply don't have the volume to go at it. But like you said, Sean, at the same time, 
you you've still got to you've still got to pick the right lineups and you've still got to have the right group of players within those 20 lineups 10 lineups however however many you might have and remember there's only one first place correct yeah even if you've got 150 only one of them can come first yeah unless you've duplicated them obviously but yeah you know. that, that's the ultimate boom or bust isn't it duplicating them the, it's funny what you say about actually made me think of something there nick what you said about the um if you're you know a casual user or small stakes player the other thing for if you're going to produce 150 lineups say on a slate you need a way of producing 150 lineups and chances are you're going to have to pay for an optimizer to do that you're also going to need to have the ability and the time to change them if something changes in a, in the you know the hour beforehand or whatever like if it's NFL it's an hour and a half you get beforehand if it's NBA you sometimes don't even get the news do you before lock and stuff but if you've got 150 lineups you're going to need the ability to change those lineups as well but Using your example, if you pay for an optimizer, say it's like a rotor grinders optimizer um, or something, which is like $40 a month or something. If you're only spending $10 a week in NFL, you know, would you spend $40, then $40 a month on your optimizer? No, I, you I, I think I heard someone say that if, you, if, you, if you're if you going to buy an, an optimizer and stuff, and I, I think rotor grinders is ridiculous price now. I think for the whole, all of the sports, I think it's nearly $100 a month. Yeah. They're, they're yeah. really up the price. I mean, I, I think this. I'm not a big fan of roto grinders. I, I prefer fa- um, either Labs or um, um, Fantasy Cruncher because Cruncher you can pick your own sports. You haven't got to pick them all, and then you can do a weekly package or a, or a, or a monthly package and stuff. So, you know. Yeah. So I think it's good. I think it's good advice if you're casual or small stakes and stuff. Is to, you know, look definitely play single and triple entry contest yeah i mean coming back to how much they 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 charge the optimizers if you're you're only spending maybe a hundred dollars a month then i wouldn't have an optimizer i think if an optimizer costs less than maybe 15 percent of your bankroll that you were going to put in play then i would use one but i think if it comes to more than that then i wouldn't because it's it's not worth it you're eating into some of your own profits aren't you you know, yeah. if you pay pay five hundred pay five hundred a month, I suppose you don't mind paying fifty a month for an optimizer because only ten percent of your money. Yeah, yeah, and um, and I don't think I don't think the average player plays five hundred a month. I think they play less. I think a lot of our listeners would be playing less than that. Yeah, well, if you if you're a single entry or three max or five max, then yeah, you you wouldn't be paying five hundred a month. I doubt. No, exactly. Paying bigger stakes as a single entry person, but yeah, I mean, it depends. It all comes down to your tolerance level, how much you can afford, and if you're any good at it, and whether you're just doing it recreationally, where you're just playing for fun, you enjoy watching the game, and you think, oh, I'll put a line up tonight because I'm watching the game, and you know. But yeah, yeah, your casual player ain't spending a lot of money because they're just not. Yeah, it's interesting you say. Again, you've mirrored a lot of the the stuff from the other week and stuff in the the idea like, you know, you need to understand what you're playing for, why you're doing this, and um, and you need to again. It comes down to the gamble responsibly thing. You need to not take it so seriously. It affects your life, your outside life and stuff. Yeah, of course. Except if you're a professional, obviously, then it's your living, then it's a whole different ball game. But you know, I treat it as fun. I, I treat it as fun, and I mean, I, I think I, I do okay, but I don't win any of the big prizes. But if I lose, it's not the end of the world. There's, there's always tomorrow. So, um, talking about that, so do you, how um, careful and cautious are you with your own bankroll management? 
dreadful. Don't even, <laughs> don't even look at it. Don't even look at it. So why well, do you? Is it because you've got a history of winning enough that you don't have to look at it, or is it just you're going to always find the money? Yeah, I treat it like I don't. I don't really mind whether I win or lose. It's not like the end of the world and stuff. So it doesn't really matter a big deal to me. There's many more things in the world going on that you know it doesn't really matter. It's only money after all. So of course I don't play stupid and stuff. But I wouldn't put all my money in play on a single night. Definitely not. Okay, so you don't have a limit, like you say, you're only going to play three percent or two percent your bankroll on a. No, I don't even. Like I don't even watch. If you, if I got like a two hundred dollars in there, I might put a hundred dollars in play for that night. It depends what what's on. I I play the slate and the sport rather than how much money I have on it. Okay, and you know me with DraftKings, I'm I'm achievements chasing mad. In it, yeah, right? I enjoy playing the achievement because I think that's a that's actually a, a good way of actually making money. So this is these you're talking about satellites and the tickets and all those sort of things. Yeah, the tickets and also their achievements where you can earn the crowns, isn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so you actually specifically aim to aim those to to win those achievements as well. Yeah. Why oh, not? Okay, I didn't. Okay, yes. Because if you oh, earn a certain amount of crowns each month, yeah, I mean, it's, it's the next month's play. You get about sixty dollars. What my levels? I think it's diamond level. About sixty dollars for free each month. So you're starting with sixty sixty dollars profit even before you start. Yeah, I mean, everybody should do that daily reward thing. Even if you're only playing yeah. NFL once a week, you should log on just once a day, click the button, and get it. Um, definitely. And I know you play for tickets, but I didn't realize you were actually aiming for some of these achievements and stuff. Because um, you lived in the playoffs. There was. Um, for the NBA one that's just that still going on. If you played three three dollars a night for twenty, I think it's twenty. Was it twenty five nights or was it a bit more than that? You would make near enough fifteen percent of your money, something like that. Okay. Even if you never cashed. Same as and you would and you would cash if you're going to play that much. Yeah, of course you play. Yeah. <laughs> I played NBA Showdown every night. I put put three teams in the one dollar. Mm. I'd, I'd rarely cash, but I still, I've still got the twenty-five thousand crowns, which is well, it's actually, it's, it's actually worth more than that, isn't it? Because the twenty-five thousand crowns is worth what about forty-five to fifty dollars, isn't it? Yeah. And also, the following month, you get the level to get you an extra sixty dollars, yeah. nearly a hundred dollars. What's that? About seventy pounds, sixty-five, yeah. seventy pounds on you know for free to start. I know people scoff at the crowns, but it's a good way of earning a little bit extra. And, and also, I chase the tickets, and you know me, I play all the small stuff, all the mm. 10p, the 25p, and the 50p. I mean, I've got tickets there for the NBA million that only cost me 25p, and these tickets are $25 each. I won't cash because I'm hoping it's NBA. But, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and the last night in sports, I, I won't play. I, I, I don't play tennis and I don't play um, MMA. Oh. That's interesting, sir, about MMA. Have you, Nick, have you played any MMA? Uh, no. I was always told it's a sport that you don't play. <laughs> <laughs> so Just I've like get... boxing. <laughs> yeah. No, I've never played it back. I've been, I've, been get, I've been getting into my MMA the last couple of months, and I'm actually playing a load of those 10p ticket, 10 cent ticket things this weekend on MMA. Um, the idea being that, that the underdogs wins so often you know more than they should than they should do if you base it on the DraftKings pricing that actually the way I like to play try and be different and stuff and try and you know I think it sort of fits my correlation leverage sort of way of playing 
I feel like it. So I've been, I've been, I'm slightly up on it. I've been doing it for about six or seven weeks. I'm slightly up at the moment. Do you ever play the two fighters against each other in the same lineup? Not in a tournament, but I tried it in, in cash. cash. Yeah, I tried in it in cash yeah, yeah. and it worked one week, then didn't work for two weeks and I stopped playing cash. Yeah, in cash, a lot of people do it because if it's a close fight, yeah. both will score well enough to... to yeah, especially the, the five-round fight. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, but no, I didn't... I just feel it's too variant, too much... It's too too much variance for cash, it feels like. Yeah, yeah, I don't... I don't play it. Yeah, like golf. I wouldn't play golf cash, I don't think. No, I, I play tournaments golf. I, I, mm. I'm not a cash player, you know. I don't, I don't no, play no. I don't play cash. Even NFL, it's all tournaments, isn't it? You, you have a good lineup in a. I mean, I know you know it's if it's a good way of building money, isn't it? A bankroll. If you just mm, play definitely. cash, if you want to go that route, of course you're never going to win a hundred k if you're a small player, but but you can generate a good income from that if you if you build up your bankroll, isn't it? Just playing. Cash. You need you probably need a bigger bankroll if you're going to play cash, though, aren't you? For a casual player, it's playing a few a few quid every week or whatever, or just a ten or twenty every week on the NFLs, for example. Cash is not going to excite you. It's not going to give you. No, no. You know, especially it's only eighteen. Well, eighteen weeks now of regular season. Is that right? Eighteen weeks of regular season now. Yeah, yeah I didn't. Because we had a game, yeah. haven't they? So it's eighteen weeks. Yeah, they're only they're only doing one bye week still, aren't they? I think so. Yeah, I think yeah. So. yeah. So um, I've actually quite gone to my MMA, but obviously, if I go on a bad bad run before the NFL season starts, then I'll have to give it up because I'll need it for NFL. <laughs> yeah, you need to save some bankroll for the for the NFL. So, do you have as part of your processes and stuff? Do you ever look at what other top players are doing? All the time. Ah, interesting. Which... Every tournament, every tournament I enter, I always look at the winning score. Mm. What was the winning lineup, and, and why is it every time after the slate finishes and you look at the lineup and you think the winning lineup and you think, oh, I like that lineup. I'm sure that can't be that hard to get that lineup. <laughs> it just looks so easy. Every night, every <laughs> night on the NBA, <laughs> you think, well, look at that. I could have had that. It's no, no rocket science. But trying to get that lineup is hard, hard. But yeah, no, I think you can learn better. It's, you know, a lot of the websites you can you can track the players and stuff, and you just type in their name, and you know, it'll show their their their, their lineups and stuff, and what they had and what stacks they ran. But of course, that that only tells you for the last slate. It doesn't help you for the next slate. No, in, in theory, you can see if you can spot trends between some of the top players and try and work out why they're picking certain players. Because there'll be, I'm guessing, there's times when you look at the you can look at it and think, well, how did they get on that player? You know, you can't, you look at a winning lineup just because they got the highest score doesn't explain why they got onto that player. Because like, you know, using the NFL, for example, we know, we all know full well, week one, the winner of the Millie Maker will have some random 3K receiver that we just would never have thought of beforehand. Nope. It's just, you just know it's going to happen. And um, there'll probably be a rookie, I suspect. And it won't be one of the ones that we talk about normally, you know. No, it's someone off the practice squad or something that you've yeah. not seen all, all, see, all, all pre-season or if we've got pre-season, you know. Yeah, so. yeah. It's, um, but yeah, I think, um, I think it's, a good, it's a good piece of advice for people to, and I don't think people talk about it enough, is re- reviewing good players. Yeah, because it, it does help you. 
as you see how they build and how they do it. Of course, they run multiple lines and stuff, but you do see the same players at the top of these leaderboards night after night after night. So you think, well, how are they doing that? That can't just be projections, can it? No, I think I, I think a lot of it they're they're playing they're they're playing based on ownership, leverage and stuff. The the thing is, like you said earlier, for all those top players, only one of them wins. Though yeah. the other top players are doing okay, they might do okay, they might do badly, but they're not winning. Only one of those top players is winning every night, and those players are spending a lot of money not to win. Um, yeah, I mean, you look at all these top players like Osamo and that. You look at all the, the fantasy sites, they're multi-entering on all the sites. And I just always wondered, how do they find time to, to, to do all that? I mean, they and to late swap, to change, how do they do all that at a drop of a hat? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I heard that Orsmo only has like an ROI of like 4% or something like that. But because he enters so much, 4% is a lot of money. Yeah, I've seen, and I haven't seen all the tournaments, but some nights he might have more than 100 grand in play in some nights. I mean, your tolerance for that. I, and I saw a, a pod uh, or, or an interview with him, and they asked him, How did you do? How did you get on last night? And he says, I haven't even checked my lineups. And you've got 100K in play. What? And you haven't checked your lineups? If I, got, if I ever had 100K in play, I wouldn't be sleeping. I'd be refreshing the bloody page every five seconds. <laughs> We, you equally, you wouldn't be coming talking to us if you could play hundred grand every night. So, like, you know, I don't think I could cope playing hundred k every night. But I think the most I've ever had in play is maybe twelve hundred something like that on an on, a, on an NFL slate. I put yeah. twelve hundred in, but that was on a on a very rare week. But generally, it's a couple of hundred a, a night I'd play. That still seems a lot to us, Nick. I was just, yeah. I mean, <laughs> wow. But I, I max everything. I max all the. <laughs> All the 10p, all the 20p, and I'll I'll must be max the mini max the 50p one. They used to do a 25p mini max, but I haven't seen many of them. They're all 50p maxes now. So and that's a good way to learn multi-entry. I know it's $75 to enter 150 lineups, but it's a good way to learn 150. There's a random contest on DraftKings today, which is a penny entry, but yeah, it's only doing, 20 max. Yeah, they're doing micro thingies. I don't know. I, I, I didn't go in it. But, it's yeah. only 20 entries. I thought, assumed when I saw it as a penny, it's going to be 150. But it was 20 yeah. entries. It's weird. Yeah. So there you go. At least the pros can't enter those. That is true. Because, um, yeah, yeah, Will told us that. He can't play below. Is it $3 they can't play below? Uh, it's $3 and I think it's, is it 20 grand pool? Or 25k pool. Okay. It doesn't show up on their on their lobby when they if yeah. they get to a certain level. That's why you don't see them in it. I think fan team should do stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. Nick would I be agree. very happy with that. I agree. No, don't tell the boss. <laughs> yeah, yeah so Nick wants a single entry season long contest as well, don't you, Nick? I do. I just think it'll level the playing field for you're everyone. Not, yeah. You're not the only one. There's other people who want that as well. I've seen it on the Discord. Um, well, funny you should say that. I think we are having one i'm pretty sure i've seen it mentioned somewhere that it's on the Nolt page you know our feedback and roadmap page i think one of the, the bosses have said that that's a good idea to have a single entry i don't know what the pool's going to be of course but i think that would be a, a, do you think it would be popular i think it would be popular amongst certainly a lot again coming from an fpl background 
you put a team in FPL, you only have one team unless you unless you play the draft game, which is nowhere near as popular as, as the normal fantasy game. So I think it would because I think, like me, I'd, I'd be more inclined to enter something like that than a multiple entry because I'd back myself more on a level playing field than I would against someone who might have 10 teams and a similar kind of skill level as I have when it comes to analysing stats and looking at people and watching and engaging in the sport. So I definitely, I, I think it would be quite popular. Because the thing is, a lot of these people that are entering into multiple lineups, they'll probably still enter the single one because, it, again, it's that level playing field. If, if you know enough about it, you can still back yourself to, to cash and return. And so I was going to say to you, if, if you're single entry, would you also enter that single entry into the multi-entry game? Yeah, I don't, I, there's still no harm in doing that, I don't think, because if this Euro contest has shown me something, it's that... If if you get your lineups and your captains right, you you can you know I'm I'm not breaking the top thousand at the moment, but I think I'm three four thousand out of thirty something thousand. I'm as it stands, I'm returning on one entry, um, and that has shown me that when you look at some of the teams where they've entered ten fifteen and there's barely any of them are cashing, it, it's it's sort of like well you're not doing any harm still entering a team into something like that. I think you've just got to accept that you're limiting your odds of returning them because you're up against it's it's almost like a raffle if you enter a raffle of 50 tickets buy one ticket and someone comes along and buys 30 you've almost got to accept the fact that there's a high chance yours probably isn't going to come out a raffle's a little bit different because there's an element of luck involved but it's a similar kind of concept yeah i mean like i said i've got 38 teams in the in the multi-entry game and i think i'm only cashing three or four i think my highest is about 1600 my my best but i've got lots of teams like 25000 like miles and miles behind but yeah you're right what you say is and it you know entering more teams theoretically it, it it does give you more chance to win but it is no guarantee of winning what advice would you give someone Sean that is brand new to dfs because a lot of play a lot of listeners obviously listen to this podcast because we fall under the 5 yard banner of course, we're part of Five Yard Rush, but Five Yard Rush has historically been very fantasy based and not not as much discussion around daily fantasy sports. So, someone that might be new listening to this podcast, wanting to dip the toe in, you know, what advice would you give that person? Now, knowing what you know, I would say learn one sport, just play one sport, and get good at it, and and start small. You could play. Start just playing cash games. Enter one lineup at night. See how you do. And if you think it, and if you're returning, you know you're doing quite well. Then I would start enter, putting that uh, lineup into a GPP. Just just the one lineup and just see how you go. Don't start going mad and think I've got this sus because no one ever has it sussed. I think it's all about your tolerance level and. But learn one sport was the best advice I would give and become really good at it. And know know it. Don't just say, oh, look at that golf golf tournament. There's 100k to first. Let me throw a lineup in. If you've got no idea, then don't, because you're, you're playing against 50, 60, 70,000 people. You know, and even if in the big NFL Millie Makers, you can have a great lineup and you're still well behind the, the, winning, the winning entry. Last year, they had um, a Millie Maker, which I think was like really cheap entry, but there was like 500,000 entries or something in DraftKings. 
something stupid like that on week one, I think it was. Yeah, I enjoy playing the, the is it the 200k $3 entry, 20 max event, isn't it? What do they call it? Yeah. Yeah. Is that play action? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. That's it. Play action. I enjoy playing that. Um, yeah. The other thing, what if you're going to, for new people starting with DFS, DraftKings actually has beginner specific contests and tournaments. Yeah, also they have free ones. I mean, for no money. You don't yeah. win no money. You, why not play those? Yeah. Of course, you're not going to win anything, but at least you can learn. Mm. And you, the, the thing about the one sport I really like, because basically once you've learned to be successful in one sport, you can take a lot of those skills to the other sport, the DFS aspect of it. Because the DFS aspect, I think, is, is very similar across all sports. Um, obviously, as we've already discussed, there's differences. Um, so yeah, I think that's a really great piece of advice to learn one one sport and that. Well, also, um, it's probably it's probably good to find a niche sport, don't you think? Do you think, Sean, as well, one of the smaller sports? Um, or do you think it matters? Nah, I think a lot of the pros will be in it. I mean, you see all the pros; they they will become really good at the, um, League of Legends and CS:GO, and they never played any of them before the before the COVID hit, they, they play all the mainstream sports and all of a sudden they're all top players. Of, I mean, you can, I mean, play the smaller sports that really no one knows anything about. I mean, mm. but again, you've got to learn, you've got to learn that sport then, I guess. Yeah. I, I would just play okay. the sync one, one entry, learn your sport, play cash games, low stakes, or even free entry and cut your teeth that way and see how you go and don't, don't go both ways. So if you do well straight away, don't start upping your money because you think you've got it sussed. And the other way, if you don't, if you're not doing very well, don't like say, "Oh, I'm never going to win. I'm going to give up." Look at the winning score. Look what the top players are, are running. What teams they have, and just compare it to your own lineup and just look. Well, why did he have him and I had somebody different? I think the free contest one's in- interesting because it's like. It's almost like signing up to a free trial before you. You know, if you're you're downloading something or buying something, you're not necessarily sure you you want it long term. Chances are you might jump in at the free trial and see how you get on with it. And I think the free option it's good because that gets overlooked, like you said, Sean, because they don't return money, but it does give you a good opportunity to play guilt free, and it gives you a good sort of research platform to look back on your lineups and think, well, what did I do wrong there and what could I change going forward? Yeah, and also you can look at what you what score you, you got in the free game and then compare it to what the other tournaments scored and to see how you would have stacked up without risking anything. Mm. It's, it's a good point, really good point. Link to that, what sort of mistakes do you see a lot of beginner players making or even the experienced players for that matter? Um, beginners players, I see they just plug in all the, the the really expensive guys who you think are going to score really well because they want to play safe. And then just if you've got right at the bottom and you've only got like three three thousand left, you're just plugging in a, a scrub who's not going to really get you anything. So I think that's the biggest mistake people make. And don't don't follow the crowd. Do your own do your own research. Do your own thinking. Don't just you know you can read all the all the blogs, watch all the videos and they're all picking this player, but make your own decisions. It's your own money. So you can only blame yourself at the end, can't you? Yeah, that's great. Actually, to be honest with you, if, if everyone, if every piece of content you read is picking one player, 
I think you, you and me, Sean, we would not be playing them. No, no. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, mean, I think the other thing, I think what you should try and do is always, when you're looking at ownerships and stuff, try and find an alternative to that player. You know, if, if, it's, if he's 30% owned, try and find someone similar priced or a little bit less maybe, or even a little bit more expensive. If he's going to be lower owned than that chalky guy, then play them. I um I used I like to use the example as well of like Dalvin Cook was really chalky last year. And you know, don't play him, play Thielen or Jefferson or Irv Smith, whoever. Because on the weeks when Dalvin Cook doesn't score, they're gonna be scoring. And everybody's playing Dalvin, but they're probably not playing, not so many people are playing Dalvin and say Jefferson or Dalvin and Thielen. Um this is an NFL, NFL example. I think it's quite an easy one. Well, play Madison. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's always there's always going to be a week where Delvin Cook pulls up lame with his hamstring. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I mean, I had Matt. Just hope it's week one. I had Madison. When I do all my best balls, I've done a few already. I, I always put Madison in because you, you mm. you're thinking at the time, oh, he's never going to play, but injuries happen in NFL as we know. So you never know, do you? Who's going to come and come on? come on for somebody, isn't it? And have a good season. Literally, my best ball strategy at the moment is wait until round 10 to take a running back. And it's like Murray, Madison, Edwards, you know, Cohen, James White, those sorts of players and stuff. I've done 12 so far in the in the $3. Dollars. I think it's 20, 20 max. I haven't had a pick starting before pick eight so far in 12. Well, for running back? For the whole... Oh, the whole yeah. thing. I'll see. Yeah. Oh, wow. I think once I can get first, I can get McCaffrey, but no, that's not happening. I'm happy not to do it. I don't, I'm just avoiding running backs at the beginning because everybody's picking, everybody's doing this hyper, is it called hyper fragile running back thing? Running back, is it? Something like that. And it's like, it's the idea of taking one big running back and then a couple, a few rounds later. And as wide receivers just being left on the board. Yeah, I've got Devontae yeah. Adams in nearly all of mine. Everyone, he's yeah. falling quite lower than he should be because obviously with the Aaron Rodgers situation, so they think he's dropping. So, Rich, uh, Rich shout out to Rich, Dynasty Island. He, he's part of the five-yard rush team and he plays a lot of like Dynasty fantasy and he, he has a similar ethos with the running backs. He, he always says, you know, grab a, a really good starting running back if you can, but then running back two is always the easiest position in your team to fill because there's always a running back out there that is going to get some kind of touches or an increased share of snaps because of injuries and things like that. You look at players like Naeem Hines last year was probably going really late in a lot of best ball and stuff like that and was cheap a lot of weeks as well. In the uh, in the in the the main slates, and there's some weeks he returned, you know, twenty, thirty plus points, and it just shows they're easy to find if you know what you're looking for and when. Same with Mike Davis, wasn't it? When McCaffrey went down, everyone, you know, he was chalk every week. Then after McCaffrey went down, because he was so cheap. But yeah, well, the three weeks I played him were the weeks he didn't do very well. <laughs> um, <laughs> I was a bit late to that party. I think I want to want to sign us off, Sean, tonight because I know you're an experienced fan team player, and I feel like we give a lot of love on the pod to DraftKings because it is the most commonly used daily fantasy sport website out there. Um, but I love fan team. I know you like fan team as well, Mark. 
Uh, we we both love playing on there, and I know that you're a big fan team user as well, Sean. Um, now I've never played the NFL fan team, so I don't know I don't know how it looks or what's on the horizon potentially. You know what what they've had in previous years, but there's there's two things I wanted to know is how it operates in terms of you know like you you look at the NBA, you build a lineup based on your positions, and and exactly the same in. DraftKings with with NBA and NFL for that matter, you usually have a quarterback, a couple of running backs, a couple of wide receivers, a tight end. Does does it work the same on fan team? Is it a similar kind of setup and layout when it comes to the NFL season? Yeah, it's, it's exactly the same. I mean, you pick um, players from each position, and some positions you can have more than one of. So, for top of my head, it's one quarterback. You can I think you can play three running backs, um, a, a defense as well. Um, I think it's one tight end. Is it one or two tight ends? I can't remember. And three wide receivers. But yeah, it works similar. So, you know, the stacking comes into play. I always find on the fan team game is that the, the pricing is, I know we had, there was a few people on the Discord was saying that it's very difficult to build a good lineup. You, you can play a couple of the high-priced guys, but then after that, you're, you're really digging into the bargain basement stuff. So, I know they want to try and build all the all the sports and all the products, and hopefully it can be much. You know, the, the pools are much better. I mean, I think some of the pools last year, I think they're up to fifteen hundred. I think I saw a couple of the NFL. I mean, I played the NFL, and of course, everyone plays DraftKings because because of the huge prizes and stuff. But hopefully, the fan team game can grow. So, Semi, did they offer a season long NFL no, last year? No. Because in theory, in my opinion, in theory, this is quite easy to do, and I think that that would be quite a good niche market because other than actually playing fantasy NFL or doing a best ball um, th- there isn't really anything that's sort of like a season long I know you've got, y- you can play season long DFS but I think something where you'd have the same team week to week and just change or sw- swap in and out players with free transfers and stuff like that y- you'd still have to fill your lineup out with say two running backs, two wide receivers, a tight end quarterback but over the course of the season, you, you, it, I think where you sort of gain your advantage is you can target specific fixtures if a team has a really good run of games to finish the season or the, there's a running back that's up against really poor running defences. So I think that's something in theory that would be quite easy to, to, to build. But is there anything like that, do you know? Or... I haven't heard anything of it. I can, I can put it forward. I can tell you why not. I think it's just how the transfers would work and stuff. What would you say? One or two transfers a week? One and what? Maybe the wild card as well, no? I think yeah, I think one wild card a season would would be enough on that because it's only a short season at the end of the day. I think if it works in F one, it can work in the NFL. Is is my thoughts on it? Yeah, I, I play the F one season game as well. So yeah, there's it's only five five drivers, isn't it, in the F one? So. But, but yeah, but, but if, if you notice, there's, they are starting. Fan team are starting to run a lot more season-long games of various various sports, aren't they? I mean, what we got now, we've got football, we've got um, um, Formula One, and you know, of course, we have all the Euros, and we had the Champions League games as well. So, but yeah, I mean, I think there's there's going to be a uh, also a, a, a tennis. I think it's going to be a Wimbledon one as well. I believe for the whole. T- for the whole Wimbledon tennis tournament as well, and of course we got season long NBA we've had. So I think a golf would be quite a good one as well, like because there's like PGA do their own 
fantasy equivalent, but it is only fantasy. It's not like a, a, a monetary en- entry kind of contest, but I think that could work quite similar if you've got them for certain competitions on the PGA schedule or even just the majors over the course of the, the summer months. I know the golf product is being built still, so I'm hoping golf will be there soon. Trying, hopefully, for the next... Um... The, the next, is it the British Open, isn't it? The next league, league the Open, yeah. Yeah. But I know the Premier League is Fantine's main focus. So, you know, mm. after Euro's finished, defense, um, the what, one million game will be main, the main focus for most people. So, but yeah, hopefully we can have golf and stuff and always trying try new sports. And, you know, people just love playing fantasy. It doesn't matter what sport, isn't it? They're just playing. Mm. The one thing that, that does it for me, and I, I say this, I'm an app. I'm an app man. I love my apps. I love just having that quick access on the app. And I know you can save the the site to your homepage, but I just love having the app. I just think accessibility wise, an app works better than a website on a phone uh, where possible in most instances. Is there anything like that? Do you think is in, in the pipeline potentially for fan team? We have Apple already. Do you have Apple or Android? Yeah, I do. Yeah. 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 We have a, an, an app for the iOS we don't have an Android. It? Yeah, it's been out for months. You kidding? No, no. I know the Android one because I've got an Android phone, so but I just save it to my um, screen. But I know the Android one is in development and going to be soon. You're joking! I did not know that, Sean. I'm so glad that you're on this tonight with us. I did not know. Did you not know that there was? An app. I did. Genuinely, I've been oh, saying yeah. to Mark for weeks, every time I pick a lineup <laughs> on this NBA, it zooms in and it cuts part of the price off. I cannot believe I've not been using that app. There you go. The, fun- word. the funniest thing, Nick, is after how many pods we've done, you've still not worked out that we don't release the video. So you showed everybody <laughs> your you showed everybody your phone or to the camera, and nobody's going to see this. No one's going <laughs> to see, gonna see this. That's but like... <laughs> for, for reference, I was that shocked that I did show my phone to the webcam. Wow. Wow. It's just, I wow. think I need to just show myself out. Yeah, what a great way to end. <laughs> also a few issues and stuff, so but it's all working fine now, so it's, it's been a few months now. But I, I don't have Apple, I have Android, and I'm not going to go buy an Apple phone just for that, but I'm told the Android <laughs> the Android app is in development, and hopefully soon it can't be too far away, touch wood. All oh, systems are go, fan team, I know the first thing I'll be doing <laughs> once we finish on this pod. <laughs> That's next weekend gone. That's me gone, yep. yep. Set, set a limit, Nick. So you, talking to yeah. me. Set a limit <laughs> on how yeah. much you spend. Set a limit. <laughs> uh, uh. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on, Sean. Um, I don't know if uh, if the listeners can find you. I know you are on Twitter. You don't have to share if you don't want to, but if uh, if you did want to share what platforms you're on out there, just so that if there is any listeners that did want to interact, they can find you. Um, Twitter at SmoDFS, S-M-O-D-F-S. So I'm on Twitter nice. and obviously I run the I run the Discord for Fan Team. So anyone wants to come onto the um, Fan Team Discord, then just drop me a line and I can send you the link and come and say hello to lots of guys in there already. So we're building the Discord and it's like a good community for people to come and chat and chat sports and you know of course uh, people don't want to share all their good lineups and stuff, but we try and encourage that you know just to give people, especially new people, a, a good base. 
to you know of what the main thinking is and you can then make your own decisions off that but it's all good fun people in there and it's not it's not trolling and you know it's it's, it's all right it's a good bunch of guys in there and i answer a lot of questions for them so they so they can learn thank you they give you a hard time, Sean. I've seen them. Yeah, they do. I mean, they, they... I, I, I must, I must get, especially for the Euros game. I must have, I must have fifty DMs with people asking me about the rules and stuff. And all the rules are pinned in the channel. They're pinned on our support pages. And and some guys even ask me the same question like five different times. It's like I've not already answered it four times for you, but I'll answer it again for you just in case you didn't get it. And, but of course, all I the glamorous life. Yeah, <laughs> of course, I can't say what I really want because obviously, if you're representing for the team, I have to be a bit bit civil. And mm, I think we can understand Nick there what yeah. Sean's trying to say. Let's <laughs> yeah, let's cut this off before he gets into too much trouble. Definitely. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I joined the Discord myself the other day, and you you can if you go on fan team, you there is a link on the site to join the Discord as well. So I know that you can get on it there because that's exactly how I joined it the other day. But thanks very much for coming on, Sean. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on. I think that's um, two two guests, two really good guests on this series now. So definitely something that we will look to continue in the off season as we build towards the NFL season starting up again in September. Um, you find me on Twitter at Nick of Wigan and where can the listeners find yourself, Mark? At underscore SMRF. Awesome. We'll be back with you, if not next week, I'm sure, in the, the coming weeks. But thanks very much, as always, for listening, Rush Nation. Gamble responsibly. It is your money that you're playing with. But most importantly, as you are playing DFS, make sure that you draft responsibly. That's that. entitled to sexual health, just as much as physical and mental health. We want to make it easier for folks to find resources. However they engage with us, there's no wrong door. So it's important that people are able to get access to care that is affirming. Talking about what their sex life is, about their concerns, and to make sure they're healthy. Do it for them. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Your sexual health matters. Visit doitforyoumc.org. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.